This special edition of the First Class Podcast was recorded December 2nd on Friday prior to Winnipeg's home game versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Alrighty, welcome to the first class podcast, pulling it out retro style with Warren Smith. I'm Tim Bigelow, host of Central Division Hockey, um, because uh, me and Warren, well, we couldn't do this on a regular basis. However, this year we're pulling out a few first class podcasts. And part of the reason is, is we were ahead of the curve and we are now um, going to just bring it up. So. Just so you all know, for those of you who don't, me and Warren used to do the first class podcast um, a number of years ago, kind of culminating with the year that Winnipeg went to the conference finals. That was kind of the last year we fully did it. However, technology at that time, distribution of that podcast was really hard. So it was kind of this hidden gem on uh, through WordPress that you could actually access this podcast, which basically barely nobody did. Nobody knew we were out yeah, there. No. Yeah, but you're non-existent. But also in the kiddos, you guys can have Kenny and Rennie, and your and your safe place. Because when we started doing this, no, and be honest, like I'm going to be honest with you, when we started doing this, this was adult sports entertainment content on the Winnipeg Jets. That's really yeah. what it was. We didn't have again. Even Central Division podcast has that nice little e when you're looking at it. I don't know. Like you always said, we were the spit and chicklets before spit and chicklets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that stuff, if you went and and looked up first class podcasts through WordPress, you'd still be able to play that stuff. But what brings me to the point of why I'm telling you about this is because of some of the stuff that originated in our podcast. One of them was using the word Josh Norrissey years before and Warren you were the one that coined it back then and there yeah. are podcasts back then that have it in it that prove it man. Yeah. yeah like the 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 and you know what like the proof is there those podcasts still are up like I said they're kind of hard to track down but yeah, they yeah. are there they're there they're and there don't get me wrong like I love I love that everybody's using it now I love it it's great yeah. Just like patent pending, baby. Where's the money? Where's the royalties yeah, coming yeah, my way? Yeah. <laughs> you have the proof. Just go back, check yeah. the game tapes, as I say, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the game tapes, the game tapes of that stuff back then. And I mean, like West Coast buffing, like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. For the first yeah. half of the straight year. Straight West. Yeah, yeah. Straight West yeah. Coasting for buff. Yeah. yeah. For like there was the a ton of them. Milk Carton Daniel. We're going to talk about this year's Milk Carton player um, a little later on. Tons of stuff in there. And that's why we're bringing it out because I'm telling you right now, as much as anybody wants it, like the thing about this is like my background being a DJ, Warren being like a punk rocker. And really we were nineties rock guys. Like if you think of like our wheelhouse, so it's just, you can't fake it. Like this is unabashedly. And I got the Jersey on today and yes, Morrissey from the heritage whites. And the I old Truba. Yeah, yeah. Truba. Last time Winnipeg had a true top pair on defense. Yeah. 
Um, they have them both in their prime. Yeah. So you know, you know what? Like we're going to talk about it. So we're going to talk about this season, which, by the way, and I stand corrected, a year ago I had Winnipeg basically being in the top three with Colorado and Dallas. That's actually happened a year later. However, this year I didn't have them up there. In fact, I had them. You have uh, them at the bottom, bro. You have them at the bottom. We talk first. You're like, they're not making the playoffs. Like, they're going to be hunting for Bedard type situation. They're out of here, man. Yeah. And I was like, no way, man. No way. The- My glass half full. They're making the playoffs, man. They got right? a team. They got the core. I said internal growth, man. Internal growth. And you're like, yeah, no dice, man. Not with that defense. You know? Yeah. And we disagree. Well, okay. <laughs> now, but my argument on that, and, and we'll get into like all the different factors in this too. Team defense, not particularly the D group. Yeah. And 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 by that well, that's I, the thing. I, the sum of the sum of the parts versus the individuals by themselves. That's been the whole thing for the yeah. this year. Okay. But when Bye. you talk one of the strengths of Winnipeg was always down center ice, even with Andrew Kopp gone this year, there's still strength down center ice. And part of that too is like the uh, what we would call the uh, it's not even just a centerman, but always whoever F one is coming back in the defensive zone. But Shifley's more committed to that this year. Lowry's always been good at it. Dubois. When you think about that team defense and that structure that Rick Bonus put in place and the buy-in, giving the it. defenseman the freedom to jump up in the play and know that guy's going to have their back. Yeah. So there's no hesitation. He who hesitates yeah. is lost, man. Yeah. And that was the problem. The Jets yeah. were lost a lot based on that alone. So, so I didn't account for the fact that there would be more defensive play from the forwards to help compensate for what I think defensively is at times suspect um, with this Jets D group. So, yeah, and of course, Hellebuck's having his, you know, return to Vesna campaign. Um, and also, early in the season, after a few terrible games, Logan Stanley had to leave the lineup. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll talk about it. that. But let's maybe we should start at the coach and the system change and talk about Rick Bonus first off. And by the way, I was one of the guys at least that said, let's give Bonus a chance. And I only covered Dallas the entire time he was the head coach there. So I watched the guy coach another NHL team. I know what he brought to the table. He's inherited, I think, offensively a more gifted team in Winnipeg than he had in Dallas. And and yeah, I mean, like no slouch with both Jason Robertson, obviously what he's become and and hints and everything like that. But yeah, on paper, the Jets are more stacked offensively. Yeah, more dynamic players for sure, and that's what was crazy about it. You were you were about uh, Bones right from the beginning. I was like, why don't uh, why don't they get uh, trots? How did they not get trots? I was like, general consensus: the the sky was falling when we didn't get trots. Bonus, like, what is this? This is like, this is nothing special. This is not going to change. This is not going to be a game changer for the Jets organization. This is not going to be the thing that puts them back in the playoffs. But meanwhile, when you do look back. At this, at the previous year, and that the Dallas Stars found their way, getting lots of uh, overtime losses, mind you, helping them. But it's like they had that. Well, you gotta, ch- you gotta check that because you're, you're, you're a whole season off. It was the year prior that 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 was. Oh the yeah, issue. They, they had like yeah. forty the year before. Whatever yeah. the case may be, it's like they're a very grindy team, and they just found a way to get more points. It's like the Jets. I thought there's no way that they would get more points than the Jets and get into the playoffs there. 
<clears throat> but they, then they put it, then they were a tough test for the flames as well. So when you see what bones did with that squad, with that team, it's hard not to think that maybe you do a little better with what the team that we have now, you know? Yeah. And um, he did. He, and bones did take the, that team in the bubble to the Stanley cup final to lose to Tampa Bay the one year too. It's not. Yeah. It, Forgot like, all about that. Uh, yeah. Like that's the year he took over as the interim now, like, so, but I just looked and I posted it even on the, on the uh, Twitter in the Twitter verse after the hiring, Jamie Ben talking about Rick bonus and how he was with players and how players played for him and how he yeah. actually was like a real, like, you know, cared about the individual, like Jamie Ben or not Jamie Ben, but sorry, Tyler Sagan was talking about and Tyler Sagan before his injury was a all-star player, like perennial all-star player talking about, he was going to miss, you know, bonus for that. Like bonus was a great guy. He liked playing for him. And when, when you're bringing a coach on um, and you hear an all-star type of player um, because that impact um, of course would impact our star players, which is a big, Big and thing. now you're hearing the same thing, yeah, from the Jets players currently. Every time they get interviewed, just when, uh, just when uh, Casey was on Chicklets recently, and then a bunch of the other guys, Perfetti was interviewed by a few people, and they're talking about uh, the difference in dynamics in the locker room, and just that there's a gap between Paul Maurice and the the players sometimes, and there was kind of like a more of a hierarchy of like there's the wheels and shice of the world that he could talk to, and that maybe be open to listening to, but then there was the guys that are a little bit lower down on the totem pole, you know, the third and fourth liners that didn't have much say. And even some of the guys like Josh Morrissey, like look at the growth and development of his game. How much was his voice heard the years previous? Was he, or did he have some, um, did, did he have the reins pulled in? You know, but um, that's, it's hard to know. But Bones, for me, honestly, the, the thing that I thought first was the symmetry of the situation. That's what I like. You know, I'm a, like you said, I'm, I was a musician growing up and all that. So I like metaphors and all that kind of shit. And, uh, I like uh, symmetry and I thought it was cool that he was in the 1.0 generation. And now after all this time, he's going to come back and be a part of this team. So like, I thought of that more than I thought of like what he would do as a coach. But I remember all the things, uh, all the people, all, all you heard was great things about what kind of person he was. That's what they talked about was the individual and how he communicated. And when you hear that, you're like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this season can be different, even though there wasn't personnel changes. That was the thing. No team, the team wasn't changed, really. There's no dramatic changes. There's little pieces here and there that are picking up. The men lions of the world, they were like cast off nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like, when did we get Sam Gagne on PTO? Ooh, let's get all excited about that shit. But yeah, no, yeah. but now it's like the sum of the parts. All the pieces are coming together. And the way he utilizes these pieces is substantially different. Yeah, than yeah. and that, that, that's something we should talk about, too. And, and again, using a Dallas reference, Jason Robertson getting put on the top line and in a position to succeed, who's now the NHL's leading goal scorer, now under a different coach. But that happened under Rick Bonus's time in Dallas. He's the one that found the magic that was Joe Pavelski, Rope Hintz, and Jason Robertson, which basically became one of the most dynamic lines in the NHL. And this year, still together, by the new coach in Dallas, that's Rick Bonus. That's his magic. Finding that that player that basically was under the periphery 
and ended up having him be a rookie of the year candidate and only lost it because of Kirill Kaprizov. In fairness, that was the right call. But yeah. you know what I mean? That's Rick Bonus. And, and he discusses that, right? Yeah. Having moments where he had to talk to Robertson and yeah. a similar type of thing, like putting him farther down the lineup and having to earn his minutes. He talks about that. We've talked about that before, about how much it grinded our gears as fans to watch certain players on the team just be given power play time. Five on five, they're not back checking. They're not doing the small details of the game. But bonus is like, no, no. You play properly five on five, then you get the candy time. He didn't say that. That's my old term, the candy. You get, you get the candy, right? Now you get it only if you do the hard work. If you're yeah, if you're in the yeah. trenches and doing it, there's no slacking off with bonus. You know, well, and, Last year, at one point, that power play with the effectiveness of it, I was like, if I was coaching that team, I would have had five defense out. Yeah. To start a power For play. Sure. Just, like to make a statement. Yeah, just to make know? a statement. To make a statement, be like, this yeah. is not good enough. Yeah. So predictable, so passive, so lethargic. It really was. It was, as a fan, it was really hard to watch. Towards the end, there's games I like, completely dipped out. And you know me, like, I'm 24 seven pregame, postgame. I'm looking at all the things I was like, that was the only season last season. Well, by the end, well. their attitude and shit was nauseating. So it was like, you could feel their energy, like uh, the way they were, you know, their vibe this year, this year, my team is the uh, triple Zegras and the Anaheim ducks. I dip out on those games all the time. <laughs> you don't like the Michigan goal. eh? doesn't float your boat. One, it's not, a, it's not one, the be all and end all for you. One right? trick pony. One trick pony. You, uh, hey, I'll tell you a highlight reel to watch. Go find Nashville's overtime winner over Anaheim in their 2-1 snooze fest. Um, Zegras making a pass to no one in the defensive zone is how they get set up. But, yeah, let's yeah. talk about highlight reel Zegras. Triple Zegras. Sleep-inducing. Yeah, when he played the Jets, too, didn't he? Wasn't he the one who had like a brutal turnover and ended up costing the goal towards the end of the game? Yeah, yeah. the, was, the game tying goal is somebody picked his pocket. Yeah, he yeah. made a terrible turnover. Yeah. Who's yeah. turnover? Yeah. Yeah. You remember? Yeah, that's I it? think Kyle Connor's it was Kyle goal. Connor, right? Yeah. yeah, that's his how to game. Come on, yeah, man. And they joked about it because kind of like they skate with each other in the offseason or something like that. And it's like he's gonna hold on to that one for like you know, well, you know what, this summer. This summer, if Zegras skates with KC, he probably should get out a notepad and a piece of paper, or I guess, I guess his iPad. I mean, come on, they don't have. Yeah, of... I've never, I've he never heard. I wonder his... who Zegras' favorite player was. I, I guarantee it wasn't Pavel Datsik. He doesn't model his game like KC does over picking pockets and making sweet. Zegras is old enough to have even seen Pavel Datsuk play. That's true. That's true. Actually, probably. Eh? How old is that kid? Like nineteen. Like Austin Matthews is his, his idol. <laughs> <laughs> like pre-porn stash. Pre-porn stash Matthews. Pre-hanging out with Bieber Matthews. Yeah. That was his idol. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, let's let's talk about the Jets, okay? So the coaching. Now, take an example. And I, I, I was kind of cheesed, actually, too. Like when, when Bones, not that Bones got sick. But the, the idea that Scotty Arneal couldn't run an NHL bench when even he, as part of the coaching staff, has NHL head coaching experience. Like, it was just... Well, that and there was talks of Scotty Arneal potentially being the head coach. What, before bon, Bones came along, there was rumors that yeah. that might happen. Yeah, so like, which, 
but it was a good addition to the coaching staff. Like it, sure. it was, but it's like, you really actually do even have a coaching staff that has guys with NHL coaching head coaching experience on the coaching staff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a huge thing. You look at teams that are really good doing well. Um, Jersey, they picked up Andrew Burnett, who was a head coach last year. He's now an assistant in Jersey. You look you at that shows too. We never talked about really even off off air. It was like a, the lack of ego in that for yeah. Scott O'Neill because he was looking to be a head coach for the Jets potentially, and instead he takes a, a, a step down in an assistant role. Doesn't look at that in a negative way. That's not like a, if that doesn't relate to how the whole season's gone with yeah. the team and, and the buy-in. He bought yeah. it when he yeah. didn't have to. There could have been that little bit of resentment. A little bit of frustration of not being the man, but you don't see that in anything from him. He seems like on the same page, just solid. You know? So that's been yeah, that's yeah. been a big improvement. So that we we talk about the new coach bump, but you still have to have a good team to get the new coach bump. Because well, like the that, PK man, the PK that's related to coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And strategies. And last year, the last couple of seasons. The Jets have been so loosey-goosey. They didn't apply that pressure that the Jets do now. The Jets give no time and space for anything, and they have one of the better PKs in the, in the NHL. That's a big part of their success. Yeah, but, and again, but it's all based on a roster personnel, too, that you could do that because the Jets, I always said, like people would talk about the Jets playing with speed. Like you'd hear that from Paul Maurice, oh, we need to play with speed. But with Winnipeg, it was always at super speed. That's why, like, and, and again, we're going to jump ahead of it. Um, how many times we should make the, the amount of times we talk about Logan Stanley in here as a, <laughs> it's like a drinking game. Remember I used to have like the okay, new milk carton. Yeah. The new milk, the new milk carton. carton. We, we used to we call a guy, uh, Marco Dano. Does anybody yeah. out there remember Marco Dano? Probably yeah. not. Milk, milk carton. For, yeah. Milk carton, Marco Dano. He played for yeah. somewhere in Europe where he was the best player on the team. Latvian or I don't even remember to be honest. He's the best player on the team. And he came over here. He had a lot of hype. And then uh, he didn't get a lot of playing time. And then I remember joking with you. It's so funny. It was like they, he hadn't played a game in, I don't know, like two months. Like it, it was two months. And there was no conversations by any of the announcers, broadcasters that Marco Dano existed. No, like, is he coming in the lineup? Potentially, like, depending on how somebody's playing, is there a chance that Marco Dano could come up, bump up and get an opportunity? No talk. And then all of a sudden it's happy birthday, Marco Udano on the, on the moose or the, or the Jets page. I don't even remember what it might've been the moose. I think they did both. 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 Happy birthday, Marco Udano. Like we love you so much, man. But it's like, then nothing crickets. It's just gone. You but know, it was good for the room. Yeah. Good for the room. That's what they always say. Hey, Maddie Hendricks. Good for the room. Stonehands Thorburn. Great for the room. Take a lot of heat though. You know what? We would have took a lot of heat. From Winnipeg fans for the stuff that we we put out, and I'm all for oh, it. Yeah. Like I might bring it, man. I'm gonna be wrong sometimes. Like I basically had the Jets at the beginning of the year being like a point ahead of where San Jose finished a year ago. Bad take. Call call me out on it. Okay, fine. You know. Okay. Now the other part of it is okay. We talk about uh, the like the captaincy. Um, we should yeah. talk about that because another guy that I I've been hard on is Blake Wheeler. Absolutely. And and I yeah, know you and I are always going back and forth with pushing oh, back yeah. against that, right? I'm playing the other side of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, because you've been full on it. So we were talking again. Another Dallas comparison is Jamie Ben. By the way, Daryl Ray, who does color commentary for Dallas, former NHL goalie, um, 
backup goalie. Even he would say that. Um, but um, the Oilers, among teams he played for, refers to it as the Renaissance because of Jamie Ben um, refinding his game. But 26 points, 24 games played, 9.5 million when he had 46 points in 82 games played a year ago. Wheeler, 20 points in 21 games played this year, 8.25 million, 60 points, 65 games played a year ago. So even Wheeler's drop off last year was actually not even as substantial as Ben. Injuries contributed to that. But Guys who it felt uh, worse because of the horrific season of the Jets. Hey, yeah, it felt yeah. like his point point production was lay, way lower because those weren't game winning goals and those weren't apples that contributed to wins. Them getting booed from the postseason, like yeah, we were both on the same page as far as that when it comes to Wheels for a while. I was talking every time we're talking, it's like man, what are they going to do? Where are they going to trade Wheels? Like we were part of that contingent, and, and still there we to discuss like is there going to be a bio situation? How are they going to make the value? Like, how are you going to make up the value? That's a lot of money to pay wheels for not producing. And then this year, just like Jamie Ben, uh, we don't have a good nickname for that for his resurgence. But the reality is he's done a lot of the grind work on the boards, uh, getting in front of the net, uh, traffic, screens, playing the right way. You see him smiling a lot more. He was grumpy, grumpy bear, wheels, just hating on life. Every interview, he, he, just, he was pissed off, man. Now he seems like he's lighthearted and having a good time and it's reflecting in his game. And it's like, yeah, now it's like that contract doesn't look so bad. That looked horrendous. At the start of the season, we're going, do the Jets have the worst contract in the NHL and Blake Wheeler? You know, so that's been a substan- uh, seismic shift. Yeah, say, and, 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 and one that comes with losing the captaincy at the beginning of the year. How many guys would this have been like, yeah, see you later. I'm I'm not buying in. A hundred percent, man. That shows character. Yeah. The way he... Like, Took that on, like that's that's hard, man. Like you should wise, you gotta push your ego aside. You should have and- been he should have been like full out uh like um um oh what's the old movie uh slap shot and uh and the French goy always liked it. Trade me right fucking now, like you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> that movie's so good. Class. Who owns the Chiefs? You know, but uh <laughs> yeah, like like that whole thing is like yeah, it could have been like I'm Blake mother. Wheeler, yeah, yeah. okay. I've been leading this team in scoring for how long? I've been your captain, yeah. and you're gonna d- just take it away from me here. Yeah, like, and then, the but that's the thing is, like, then you think, okay, they they've got a trade like lined up, but they haven't. Now his trade value has gone up. I'd argue you yeah, actually, the hat didn't hurt. That you do you do hurt. make you do make the yeah the four point game basically makes these numbers look really good. They wouldn't have looked as good after that four point like prior to the four point game. It gets and them, reuniting with Shife, the, their chemistry with but that, perfect. That the works. last three games, right? The last yeah. three games, those numbers have boosted up tr- dramatically, but still. Which I thought was weird because Perfetti's a passer, like he's the next, you know, as what as you said while we were you know doing a bit of prep here. I don't want to steal your your phrase. But, oh yeah, platter yeah. perfetti man. Yeah, that's what he perfetti. does though. That's yeah. what he does. So, so he's got a, such an unreal passer. Yeah. So you got Blake Wheeler, whose career numbers show he's a two assist to one goal player. Yeah. Right. And now he's he's a shoot like he's become a shooter in this last stretch here. Yeah. So in theory, you would assume that it'd be better for. Wheeler to be playing with two snipers, not and another guy. Like to be doing the same. Yeah. One sniper, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was my thought. So, 
and all of a sudden it's like it worked. So there wouldn't be that that behind the back that pass. You know the one I'm talking about yeah, in the yeah. slot. Like the delay, the hesitation, waiting for the other defender to make his move first to show his show his hand. You know, like chess or poker, yeah. showing his hand, and then yeah. just sauces it on a platter for wheels to bury that into the open net. It's like, yeah. bro, you know, wheels he's making no look. On the bench. He's making no look passes like this. Yeah, like I yeah. think wheel. It took Wheeler, I think, a game to realize that the puck was going to be there. Dude, yeah, it's 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 the puck. It's moving the uh, puck. Uh, moving your feet and move and moving the puck quickly and knowing where each other's going to be. Yeah. That's what you see with this line. It's that old shine and wheels know where each other's going to be. And all of a sudden Perfet just fits in there like a glove and just understands this. It's the same mentality, the same idea of spacing time and space, right. And angles entering the zone in this like triangle formation all the time and just reading off each other and switching on the wall all the time. And, like the and, way we and, cycle. and respectfully, I know, I know I've, I've said, Hey, like, let's, hold the brakes on that Colorado team because of that forward group. That's five of their like everyday regulars on the D that they did that against. Like that was like, other than Jacob McDonald, who's not a bad defenseman. True enough. So they need to get a better test. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying that was actually Colorado's like D group. Although, you know what? Like I saw after on the Shifley actually was the Shifley Connor two on one. That's Galchenyuk in his first game. Like yeah. bas- basically doesn't cover for the pinching D-man on Colorado. That's where that breakdown happens. Like, there was stuff that happened in that game. That- so it gave him a little bit more time and space. Yeah. Those those forwards that are Rando, Garbo, AHL players that are up, yeah. you know, they're not uh, making those reads quick enough. And so it makes it, it feel like slow motion for these guys playing against those guys. You know, the yeah, yeah. Dallas well, is weaker. Players. Well, it's just like, it's like when I looked at the lineup and I'm like, okay, Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cogliano, fourth line between Darren Helm on the Stanley Cup team. They were playing second line with JT Comper yeah. in Winnipeg. Like, that's injuries. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, when they get back to health, that's going to be the fourth line in Colorado, not the second line. You had three line mismatches and you still got to shut down. Uh, like line. I said... Like I said, he and I always go back and forth over this, Tim and I. But it's like at the end of the day, you got to get the points. You got to beat the team that's out there, man. And nobody's going to feel sorry for you in this league. Well, and, nobody. Uh, and that team, and you can put all the semantics you want, but that team's beating other teams. They walked in that night, same record as the Jets. And then yeah. they walked out one more loss because the Jets put it on them and stepped on their throat. Yeah. And the whole point of that game was old school Jets let them off the hook. Maybe they start making some cute plays. Actually, the Chicago game. You know what I'm saying? Chicago game too. That was a full 60. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Old school Jets, they don't play that way. They let their foot off the gas. Maybe it's a one or two goal game at the end. So you still get the W, but you you fall into bad habits. So then when you're playing the next Dallas game, you know, you're playing a tough team uh, that's playing good hockey. You're going to lose that game because you've lost that connection. You know, you've lost that uh, those disciplines, and that they've kept them in these games where they've kicked ass and taken names. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, because you should light up a Chicago team. And it's good that... for the confidence. Yeah. Seeing the puck go in the net, yeah. all of them, they can take that into the next. That's momentum. It's a real thing, even it's, in between games. You can it's take good that for the them. numbers, like the Chicago. Good for the, numbers, but you, but good for the momentum. But, but the, have, the... But like Chicago shouldn't even be allowed to put that 
roster on the ice and sell tickets for it. Like that's but hey, they just lost by one to the Oilers, right? Well, yeah, because the Oilers <laughs> took dumb penalties and yeah. it, like I said, go watch the replay of CC's goal, man. Skates right in front of his own net and loses a puck in that yeah, like prime scoring area. In the, <laughs> even against even against a bad Chicago team, they're going to take advantage of that. Like, come on, man. Okay, so Connor Halbach, you know, Vesna worthy again. And I've looked at the numbers, and his goal saved above expected number, according to Money Puck, is in the top, whatever, five in the NHL. I don't have the exact number in front of me. But you know what? That, because he's still taking a lot of shots, but they're still they're keeping them from prime scoring chances. Yeah. There's not quality. It's quantity shots in most of these games. And you can live with that because Connor's stopping that all day, every day. If he can see the puck, he's stopping the puck and he's fighting harder through screens than he did last year. His angles are on point. And he's even making some of these like miraculous, crazy acrobatic saves, even more so than I would say in the past. Like, honestly, I used to always joke, like he's such a uh, positionally sound goalie, right? Solid, always in the right position. And last year, he was a little bit off his angles. And I was kind of hard on him, right? When we talked about how oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was rough on Halley. I was just saying, like, he's playing like garbage. He's like not even close to one of the top goalies in the league anymore. Or what's going on is he had a kid. And now it's just like <laughs> it's the, the home life. It's a little bit too uh, too much crime by the baby. Or is it, can we blame the baby for the Jets not making the playoffs? I don't really know. But <laughs> that's a lot of pressure to put on that baby. But yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. the real Halley showed up this year again and driven again. And he's. He's locking it down. He in when the Jets were having a rough few games and they got they got dubs because he put them on their back. And now hey, it's but, like they're having his back. You know what? That's kind of like a Nashville thing with uh UC Saroso where they give up a lot of shots too. Like there's a level where both these goalies have to play and have those like like top of the league goal save above expected marks for the team to win games. Like, and I'm not saying all the time, and maybe less so for Winnipeg than nashville part of that problem is is that as i was saying to you when he had his struggles last year i'm like he's still better than most teams like starting goalie even on an off year and people forget that because you're 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 expectations are so high look when when you get but that's the thing with this with rick bonus right now it's like okay shifley you've been a top you know point getter in this league two-way player you got to get back to it you know morrissey i want you to be in the norris conversation you know hellebuck i want yeah. you to be winning another vesna trophy. he said shite you want to be yeah. a top five player yeah yeah that involves playing both sides of the puck yeah you can go and get your you could probably go get 110 points 105 points crack that 100 point plateau no problem but you might be a dash 15 we can't be having that in our lineup we need yeah. you to play both sides of the bucks maybe get like 80 points and you're Lockdown Patrice Bergeron style, you know, like mm-hmm. Shifley definitely can see the difference in his level on the back check this year. And uh, that's a huge reason why they are where they are. So, you yeah. know, that's a coach, that's a conversation. There's no more let, being let off the hook. Oh, you're Shifley. So it's okay. There's different rules for you than there is for Matt, for Adam Lowry. And there's different rules for Gustafson now or whatever. Had had Maurice been here, it's like you guys can do Gustafson this. Gustafson is still playing first line at the Moose if we had Pomo as a coach. Yeah, the moose line, man. The moose line. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as as we as we as we talk about that, um, you know, Hellbuck does have to be an elite goalie for Winnipeg to be in the mix. 
but any NHL team that's going to be in the Stanley Cup conversation needs to have that piece in place. Like Jake Ottinger is an is an explanation why Dallas is a team we're fighting with for with Colorado. And Alexander Gorgiev, despite what Winnipeg fans saw him, um, he's been pretty good too. Like when you look at the teams that Winnipeg's going to complete for the Central Division title with, the one thing they have in common is really good goaltending. Like that's the truth of it. And Hellebuck has yeah, to be. It's very rare you win a championship or even come close without having legit elite goaltending. You got to have top five goaltending. Yeah. Colorado might be one of the exceptions. Exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah. But that roster was stacked otherwise. But yeah. Like at full health, which we haven't seen from them yet, which is a scary thing if you're a Winnipeg fan. Like, but again, as it's a you scary said, thing for the rest of the Central Division to know that fly Nikolai Ehlers is coming back to the lineup. Right, he's pretty good, and uh, boy Appleton, the ginger kid assassin, he's coming back. Well, I do like worth, one worth of, noting. Stanley one of, hopefully stays out. One of the two of those guys coming back though would help the top six, like 100%. really. It'll be what, interesting how they we'll get how they Stanley. maneuver the lineup when both those guys Pe- are back. People should have had about three drinks by now at this point. Three drinks. Well, yeah, because I told them to take a drink every time we brought up Stanley in the podcast. Oh, my bad, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we used to have the drinking game in there too, right? Yeah. You used to always have something to be. Who used to be a drinking game like? We always have that, eh? Where we'd, uh, well, was that, when every time Bayek uh, said carom, yeah. yeah, yeah. carom around the boards. Yeah. There's a few. can't remember them all, but. Yeah. You can't remember because of the drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess Sawyerisms now would be a way to do it, though, right? Sawyerisms, yeah. Yeah. His best still is stick handling through raindrops. You know, he plans all these in advance and then tries to find the perfect time to put them in there, you know? Which is why he can't even analyze a play because he's just waiting to get his like pre. He's like, yeah, I got my thing. I yeah. use it. Well, that's a fourth liner trying to analyze hockey. I love the fourth liners analyzing hockey because it's like, what they got to do is get the puck in deep and. And, you know, get on the four check. This is basically the reason those guys got to play in the NHL. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I was going to brush over the backup goalie situation and just move on to the defense. But Warren does want me to talk about David Riddick. So, fire away. Big save Dave, bro. Big save Dave. Save. Three dubs. This save is his Dave. favorite player in the world. Every time he's about, to, every time we find out he's going to start, Tim texts me and tells me how excited he is. Uh, yeah. the big, uh, big Dave save. Yeah, the records. The records all right. I'd replace Rain the line. A. I'd replace the A with an I. That's what I do with it. And then I look down at our depth chart and what did I say just before we came on? I was like, Arvid Home could win those games. <laughs> hey man, he was having a hell of a game until he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, scary Salamani. By the way, another. Who? That's it. That's the backup goalie for home. That's, oh, are you talking about the moose? Yeah, yeah. It's talking about the moose. Other goalies yeah. that I think could win us games. <laughs> Although, and I did say to you, and I'm not kidding you, I actually think the whole um, Mikhail Burden having to get loaned meant that he didn't have to go through waivers, and we didn't lose him because of that. Because if you think about it, like Nashville tried to do that with Connor Ingram. He's in Arizona now. Um, yeah. And I would have put um, Burden 
as the next guy on the list that I didn't think was going to get through waivers. For real. Thank you for some reason now. Um, who is the epic collapse that wasn't, that almost happened very recently? The Jets let go three goals in the last hour. Oh, Carolina. Carolina. Thank you, Carolina. And Riddick picked up the win. And you know what? I don't there, hate but But hey, yeah. It was funny because in that game, he made a couple like pretty big saves, bro. And I was laughing because I was going to message Steve. I was going to message Tim here and go, hey, man, how do you like that big Dave save? He did some diving across save. And then it's like, bang, bang, bang. Like right after I was going to, I was just about to text you. And I, held, I held off on pulling the trigger and then it just went, well, that's not good. Can't, can't say that now. <laughs> it's like, it's not all on him, those goals. They were all guys in delete, front, delete, delete. minor deflections and shit. Right, but I'm I mean, not going to. Kelly probably stops one of them. Yeah, right? but I'm not going to fault him on it. Mind no. you, like the win-loss record, all he needed to do is, you need your backup to be better than 500. He's doing. Yeah, he's done so his far. job so yeah, far. So far. Yeah. Early on, yeah. juicy rebounds, but they've kind of turned into transition offense for the Jets, fortunately. But big juice rebounds. Yeah, for yeah. big day save, but getting it done. Yeah. And then Ali's a Vesna, so we got the best goal in the league, in my opinion. You still like uh, what's his face in Dallas? That's pretty nice, too. Yeah, well, you know what? Based on age, too, it's like, okay, here's the deal. I think Jake Ottinger reminds me of Connor Hellebuck, and he's yeah. just younger. So if I was picking a goalie to build a, a franchise around, I would pick Ottinger based on age. But if you had asked me four years ago, I'd have taken. I would have taken Hellebuck over the know, course. I'm still taking Helly for the next three to five years. Yeah. Me. Okay. Yeah. You know, but if you that guy in. But if you were he's thinking, still got prime years, man. Right yeah. now. Like so. But the thing about it is, both of them and not jumping around the net, having to make a save because they're out of position. When Hellebuck is quiet and it looks like, like oh whatever, he's having a phenomenal game. He Dude, always that game has the abs. It looked like he was kicking the puck exactly out, blockering it exactly where he wanted to put it. Didn't yeah. it? it looked like yeah. it was on a string. Yeah. Like shot. It was like he was just redirecting exactly where he wanted it on the ice. But when he has a when he has a stellar game, you basically say, "Oh, they didn't like the other team didn't get any good chances because he makes it look like everything was easy." Yeah. And and that's, that's kind what the of great part ones of it. do. You know, no. that's what the great ones do. But he's still making those crazy athletic saves when called upon more often than not. So yeah, he's got that in his bag too. Yeah, so. there's been a couple stick saves that have been unbelievable where he's robbed people of. Hellebuck's Hel- Hel- health is like literally the number one important thing for the Jets. Health in general with every team, but like yeah, Hellebuck is an MVP style goalie, like legit. Yeah, you know, it's been so a that's long time. A, that's a big uptick for it. Okay, so we'll talk about the D group. There's Josh Morrissey, then there's everybody else on this D group. And, I mean, they've been admirable. But, you know, the whole thing, and we talked about it off the top, the Josh Morrissey thing, we were first on that. You can go back and find it. I never doubted his upside. I've always said that basically his D partners have always limited it because he's had to, like, cover. And I'm telling you, like, Dylan DeMello's not a top four defenseman in the National Hockey League. He's barely in the six, man. But <clears throat> he's had a couple okay games. I say playing with Josh Morrissey also makes him look a lot better, though. It's not hard to look good playing along with Josh Morrissey. You know what I mean? He's done okay. Uh, he's gotten off my hit list. He was on that list at the start of the year with, am I going to say it? 
Logan Stanley, take a drink, take a drink, take a shot. Uh, uh. But he's on that list of shenanigans players that weren't playing that good at the start of the year. Sam Gagne is there now. It was everybody's uh, Batman for a while. That's uh, Logan Stanley is this year's milk carton, by the way. Gone missing, what? but nobody's missing him. Oh, milk carton, yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear once in a blue moon that Stanley's gone. It's funny when they talk about him being a regular defenseman, that they're missing. Like when they talk about missing Ehlers and missing Appleton, the ginger kid assassin, I like to call him. And then Logan Stanley, and it's just like, bum, bum, bum. It's like <laughs> nobody really cares that Logan Stanley is that a real, is that, are you being serious? Like, yeah. like, are you joking? Like, and, and what did I say to you? I'm like, when he got injured, I was like, the career never started. A, Hopefully a, injury. Was it? The career never start actually started. Yeah, yeah. Injury. That's what you're saying up there. Yeah. 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 It's addition by subtraction. With yeah. Stanley, right? But and and I was paying on on Caprio Bianco. Like he's he's really truly that seventh guy, um, injury replacement value guy. The guys Yeah, but play- how you talk about the Jets, you talk about how they play a fast pace. Like Capi yeah. Bianco that you, you were talking about from the I I didn't really watch him before. Yeah. And then when he he's got his opportunities, he looks good. He he's a smooth skating defenseman. Yeah. And he fits in the system a lot better than a guy like Logan Stanley. You know what I mean? And then yeah. Dylan Sandberg, he's had a couple moments that weren't amazing here and there, but overall he's been pretty steady, pretty solid. He's looked pretty good back there. He looks a lot better than Logan Stanley. So you know. And he's a good he's a good partner for Nate Schmidt. I think that's a good. I think fit. so too. Yeah. I like those two to better. I like uh, Pionk instead on the second role at the moment. With Not, Dylan. Yes, yeah. with, with Dylan. Yeah, I like that as the second pairing. Yeah. It works a little bit better together. The upgrade, though, the upgrade is is that if you can get more value out of, and I've always said Schmidt was the guy you had to move to have the, the cap money to get a right hand, like right shot D. That was always to me, which if Calgary can continue to tank. I mean, like really. Can't I can't imagine. No, but nice. I, like I wanted Chris Tanev because he's a guy that I thought would be really good with Morrissey, but I wanted him when he was available as a free agent from Vancouver, like this whole time that he's been in Calgary, he's even older now, but geez, man, I'd even take like Alex Edler for a bottom pair guy over uh, DeMello even right now. He's with the Kings. And of course they like Adler was formerly with the moose. Like that's how long he's been with, uh, or was with Vancouver. So and just a couple guys, there's not a lot of right-hand D's that fit that. Like there's not Damon, a lot of options. And like right Damon Suderson, like, if you could have got him and you missed nobody out from on the moose are pushing their way up either. Right. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know everybody there is like the mad, like the tan love for Hanola, but like he has not done enough to push his way up to stick as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I was like big, like love the left, having on the second power play unit. That's you know a that lefty again. That so many times, but he's not there. Yet, right now. That's a lefty again. What? It's a left hand D again. What left they, hand D, yeah. What they've always needed is the right hand D Dustin Bufflin replacement. And Truba, by the way, was also a right hand D. Yeah. Truba. Yeah. So it's like That's Morrissey right. and Truba were a top NHL defense pair. And they had, they they had the good. Yeah. Working. So older or not, if like Tana's on the table, I'm taking that all day, every day. Even just watching when the Jets played Calgary, like, and the way they talk about him, and they, they talk about him as like that, like anchor, that like, that's the guy that keeps every but, the glue guy, yeah, glue, yeah, glue guy yeah. on their team that just he could be that stay at home defenseman for Josh yeah, Morrissey. Yeah. Imagine how good, how much more he could explode onto the scene, and like legit. Well, just North. look, just look at the numbers of uh, Hughes. 
in Vancouver with Chris Tanev opposite him versus with him not. His yeah. best season was Chris Tanev as his defense partner. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not rocket science. You know what? That it, like Josh Manson was a guy that we wanted, wanted, missed out on. Of course, yeah. Colorado, Colorado won't let him go. But who do they pair him with? They always pair him with either Bowen Byram or Sam Gerard. Two puck moving guys, smooth as silk. Yeah. Like that to me would have been the perfect fit for yeah. the Jets. No, it would have been. But you had to get him the year before the year Colorado did get him. But for whatever reason, the Jets just can't finalize that deal. Um, but they're, like I said, managing, but I think team defense is a big thing on it. And actually, let's go from one Tanev to the other because we didn't talk about the no love line. When we were big boosters of Tanev, Brandon Tanev, Lowry, and Cop back in yeah. the day, and I remember saying the uh, TLC wanted to call them TLC line. And it was two years later when that yeah. got picked up on. And we started yeah. dubbing them the no love line because you're like, no love line. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you said that to me. He goes, yeah. to me, Tim goes to me, goes, she called them the TLC line. And I was like, I paused for a second. I was like, no, man, they're the no love line. They're the complete yeah. opposite of yeah. TLC. They don't get any TLC yeah. because yeah. they block shots. They do all the hard work in the corners. They kill the penalties. They're the heart and soul guys, but they're not putting the puck in the net, and nobody likes them. Everybody's talking trash, saying they need more um, bottom six production. Meanwhile, they're shutting down the opposition's best, kind of like what's happened now with the Jets' bottom six. Yeah. Very yeah. similar, a little bit uh, maybe less dynamic, not as noticeable because Tanev was just like Tasmanian devil just flying all over the place, blocking shots with his face and things like that. So uh, people fell in love with him instantly. Well, not instantly, but like once it hit, it hit. Yeah. And, once it and all of a sudden, and then everybody jumped on board. It's like, oh, this is the TLC line. We all love them. But man, they had mad hate for a period of time yeah. before they finally got them over. So I'm just wondering now, now that the that Menelani got a couple goals and Harkins got a couple goals, all of a sudden everybody loves the bottom six. They're talking about the bottom six and, and all the post game, all the stuff like, oh, Bottom six production. They're really getting it together now. It's like, what about before? Just because the puck wasn't going in the net, why do you think uh, Shifin's getting good matchups? Why is Dubois getting good matchups now against the other team's best? It's good coaching. He, he's utilized them properly. Yeah, so I want to take this to where Adam Lowry is basically, I think, this year, driving yeah. his own line. We used to say Cop Lowry kind of drove a line, and then the third piece, whatever it was. I mean, at one point it was Armia, then Tanev then Appleton, then no one. So they got Appleton back. Um, but Anybody with same... Lowry learns how to play, learns how to play hockey the right way. You know what I mean? Like he's a, what was the, uh, the term that Maurice used to say all the time? 200-foot you know player? 200-foot player and one that pushes the pace. What's the term? Um, driver. Driver. Yeah, Adam Lowry is a driver. He drives whatever line That's, and he pulls the pulls the guys with him, and then they 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 become better players. That was a pomo wow. drinking game word, driver. Dri oh yeah, driver man. That was up there with <laughs> with the bad blunders and the like caroms and the yeah all the things, man. Yeah, good for the room. Take a shot, driver. Yeah, driver. Take a shot. Now, can you imagine post game hey, drinks? How about this one? How about this one? This one I just heard, and again from. And I got to give credit because this is uh, Dallas color commentator, uh, Daryl Ray, 
who doesn't like the 200 foot player because it not, doesn't include the width. So Adam Lowry is a 17,000 square foot player. <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, but I think yeah, I see what you're saying. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. That like before. every area of the ice, that's the type of player he is. And, and Adam Lowry to me would be the definition of that. Well, you know me, I'm, when I'm saying who I think the next captain should be, Adam Lowry is the guy that always comes to mind for me. I love Josh Norris. He could go either way. See, I didn't even say Morrissey, just Josh Norrissey. That's just what it's it is. Natural, you know I mean? natural. I And I didn't say it because I always let you say it. Otherwise, you know. Yeah. I was a well, little worried. It kind of just worried. becomes a thing, though, hey? Like, my buddies, you just text back and forth. It's like, you see that play Norrissey just made? Yeah, well, yeah. And I just forgot I was just, I was worried Ottawa defenseman Josh Norris would have a good season and they would steal it. Like, <laughs> I was kind of worried about that more than anything. Except he's a center, so it's not, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, yeah, I guess he's not a defenseman. Right, he's a forward, so yeah. it doesn't really fly as well. Yeah, right? yeah. It works perfect with Morrissey. Well, if I coached, yeah. if I coached Ottawa, I would have put him on defense. It just would have went center to defense. Yeah, just, you have no choice. You have no choice. You're going to be a defenseman now. Your name. <laughs> Man, that team's bad, eh? Senators, they're bombing. No, you know, and we can't go there. We just can't. We can't go there because it'll open up a can of worms. Yeah, um, fair enough. It's like the Chicago rebuild, the same thing. You, yeah. like, if you get rid of all those 25-year-olds and up. Like but, hey, that, that cross-check. That cross check changed the season, man. On Norris at the dot, that changed the whole season for the Senators. That's nuts. Well, and there wasn't was even a suspension on that play, was it? No. And then, and they didn't he got get form- injured. Just that, yeah, but they that didn't get. It. But they didn't get Formington signed either. Like there's, there's a couple things that, and then Talbot went down, start of the year. But how, and, that was like only a couple games in the season, right? So that no, like, before, like before the season before started, before preseason, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, but that's how not to rebuild. Ottawa's the example how not to rebuild. And yeah, they've got great star players, but you still got to have that. Like you should have had Mark Stone. You should have had Eric Carlson. You should have. Um, oh, what's his name? I always forget his name. Who's in Florida now? Um, had a good season there, but uh, it's a there's a few guys on the Senators that should have still been there for these guys to play with. Um, you don't just get that from other teams, but anyways, let's yeah. get back, get back on topic. Okay. So the bottom six in organizational depth was a big surprise here. Menelainen was a surprise. Um, you know, it harkens going down to the a coming back up. He's looked totally different since his call. He did exactly. If, if any other draft picks coming up, any players that are coming through the system, they're going to be like, look at what he did. Look how he went down worked on his game, came back, and then proved why he should stay in the NHL. If that's not like a perfect take the picture of him, the the, the footage of how he played before, why he got sent down, yeah. and then show how he plays now. And he was a point of game of just lighting it up at the moose, pushed his way back on the team. As soon as there was injury, he took advantage of it, right? Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah. You might yeah. get your wish. You might get Sam Gagne on waivers before the end of the year, but it'll be because Harkins – because well, it has Harkins, to be. That has uh, to happen. Yeah. No. But, but but that's the point of it. Like yeah. Because Menelainen. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, Menelainen. And and even but, Axel. Yeah. And and the Moose Crossing. Like really, that's part of moose this bottom six. Bro. 
which is what you wanted me to bring up. But yeah, you know, but not even including Harkins in that, right? Because when we're talking about the Moose Crossing, you're talking about, uh, you know, David Gustafson yes. solidifying himself as a NHL player. Well, I guess Harkins too. And uh, he's kind like, of a no love guy too, Gus. Yeah. He's a and no Mikey Isimon out of nowhere, right? Isimon. Like, love me yeah. some Isimon. I remember I was texting you when I was at the first the first game of the season for the Moose. I'm like, this guy's the best player on the ice, man. And he had a great preseason. It's like, man, how does he not stick? It was a numbers game situation, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's why he goes down. He comes up. Same thing as Harkins. Just... But he's a prime age player. So it's like, this is a thing where he kind of has to stick. Yeah, you know, but, he, but he knows it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not he like he's he's not a prospect. Like some, I think some of the like out of town, like play by play and color guys are like, oh, you know this. Yeah, they don't know prospect. Yeah, he's he's seasoned. He's he's spent some time in, like yeah, in yeah. the A. He's been a professional for a while, but mm-hmm. he's only had a cup of coffee until now yeah. playing in the NHL. You know, so. Yeah. So that's yeah. been a pleasant surprise. But my argument, like, and I did it in my last podcast when I talked about Winnipeg, was the idea of maybe Lowry slotting up with Dubois and, and Connor. I don't like it because of the uh, face-off. Like, because Lowry at wing, you wouldn't have him for face-offs because you don't really need him with Dubois. I mean, granted, Dubois, uh, not as solid on the draw. So in that instance, if you did have that line situated like that, Lowry would, could take more draws. You know, and they could switch in and out. Yeah, but it's the percentage, though, actually, Dubois not that far behind on his draws compared to Lowry. 47 or something. Yeah, well, I when I looked, it was about 49 and and and, and Lowry and Lowry was like 50. Yeah, they were like they were really close. And I was like, but then I was like, I thought Gustafson could get the elevation and then Dominic Toninato. Sam Gagne and Jansen Harkins are all centers. Yeah. Like they actually can all play center. You just need one of them to. So that was my argument on that. I don't care. I, I'm I have no complaints with how they're other than the fact that you've got that glaring spot until Ehlers or Appleton comes back with um, Dubon Casey. They're missing a top six player. Right now, it's looking pretty nice the way the lines are set up. The last few games, we just got to see against a tougher opponent, right? Well, I so, still might have, I, might have lightning in a bottle with Shipe and, and Wheels reconnecting and Perfetti doing platter stuff yeah, with them. They yeah, look pretty nice. It just, you know what? I like Morgan Barron as a third liner. I think he has top six potential, but I like him as a third liner because it's a right winger. That's that spot. And I always say Nick Ehlers gets that spot because he's the best off his off wing player that Winnipeg has period because because I I basically have a rule I'm like you're gonna play the off wing okay you need to get 25 goals for me if you're playing top six or you should be on your natural side that's the benchmark so Philip Forsberg Nashville yeah he can play his off wing Patrick Kane in Chicago yeah he can play his off wing Nick Ehlers can do it but there's not a ton of guys that can do it and put up numbers like that yeah. to me is like, that's a, that, Dubois Connor sounds like a pretty deadly line. You know? Yeah. But the other thing too, is I just want somebody that would be maybe a backup to the, uh, you know, the, what do I want to call it? Like in the case, there's another injury. I just think another right winger is this, this is a valuable thing to have. Yeah. I mean, you call him Chevy all day off. I don't think he's pressing hard on the gas to find a right-handed shot. 
right winger who's overly concerned with that. At yeah. The moment. Yeah. It's like not. I just, I think there's an opportunity there to like, and I still think Blake Wheeler upping his trade value at this point, I still would make like, I've suggested Josh Anderson for Wheeler. I think that yeah, I love that one. I love like, that one. That, that to me is like, a, you know, getting someone a, a little younger, but still a prime age player that you know also, can play top six there's also a history of uh remember last year i was watching the world championships really like, ah i don't have for the world championships because the playoffs are on but like early on i was watching us i'm into that i like that stuff yeah. european fans are going all nuts and i was watching uh dubois and anderson play together and lowry and anderson play together sometimes and like as power forwards man and they were deadly yeah. together so the idea or thought of having josh anderson another power forward that can score on the jets and you hit you said he has more term right he's got yeah. he's on for yeah. four or five yeah. years and it fits it fits into the structure winnipeg has for salary because i think it's and at a lower cap hit right yeah it's 5.5 per but right. it's a five Which year nice but he's younger he's still in his 20s though like yeah yeah so Can so there, happen, there, there was that like that that was to me was it's like okay yeah you're trade off and you move blake wheeler on but you know what, if you get another true top six right winger in that spot and freed up salary, there's your right-hand defenseman money. You know, maybe you move to Mello in a deal to get a right-hand defenseman and voila, all of a sudden, you know. Most people are going to listen to what you're saying here and go like, you're going to trade Blake Wheeler, who's just uh, behind a point-of-game player, been a point-of-game player's whole life. life. What's, uh, what's Josh Anderson's top point total? in the season and they're like look how he's playing you just got a hat trick what are you going to say to them about trading Blake Wheeler the captain of the Jets this whole time and just sell them on the fact that we're thinking long-term big picture or you're talking about short-term he could be just as good a good trade-off it could be a pretty close trade-off I think most people would be nervous about it because they're like well you don't want to stop that Shife uh, wheels connection out and this in that right now in the last few games playing with Perfetti um, seem to find his game he's, he's finding a way to produce Right, so people have a hard time letting go because it's wheels, right? He's the captain. He's a legend here in Winnipeg. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what and, I mean? And and don't and don't get me wrong. Like I think a lot of people, like when you're doing analysis, like you're trying to like make the team better. Like you're yeah. trying to look at it in present, but also in the future. And I think people don't understand. Like I was a like I'm a big fan of Blake Wheeler, and he's a big boy. He can handle it too. Like you know what? If I if I'm going to say something about Blake Wheeler, I know Blake Wheeler will take it with a grain of salt and, and show up. And in fact, he has shown up and he no, proved it this year. Yeah, right? No, yeah. no issue on that. No issue on that. But if you could make that move, that to me is a, is a solid move you make. And you know what? It's like from the Montreal perspective, it was getting cap space, like freed up sooner, you know, and they're going to have some young prospects that need to get paid, you know, Maybe Slavkovsky's going to need some of that money that, you know what, Anderson's making right now when his entry-level contract's done. Wheeler's off the book in two years. Like, you know what I mean? So, oh, definitely, yeah. The, so, Slavkovsky's a first, yeah. first overall pick, right? Yeah. He's going to be getting paid in a yeah, couple yeah. of years. So, so I'm just, like, it was, it was like, it's a win-win. That's why I was trying to sell it on. Yeah, I get Wheeler. Like, Wheeler was like a you know, an impactful player for the Jets. But you have to sometimes move on from those players at the right time. Like 100%. It's one of the hardest things in life. It's one of the hardest yeah. things. 
as a sports fan is letting go. Yeah. Right? People have a hard time letting go of what they've known, what they've always known. And, and a guy that's been a heart and soul guy for a long oh, yeah. time, even, right. even if it's for the best interest of the team. Like here's an example though. If you have to do the buyout that uh, Minnesota GM Bill Guerin did not popular to, to Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter in the same summer. And yet Minnesota has been a playoff team and pretty much in the top three every year since they did those buyouts. They're outside looking in this year, but the past two years, they've been playoff bound, comfortably made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons after those buyouts. So he he took a lot of heat and he was right. Yeah, you have to be willing to. Yeah. On a move like that, right? Like yeah. the Andrew Ladd thing, which is like somewhat comparable. It's like I feel like most fans had accepted the fate that Andrew Ladd's time was his decline was more noticeable, a little bit bigger drop off, you know, not to do a Max Kellerman, a cliff, you know, off the cliff thing. You could see it coming with wheels. It's like last year, it felt like that when the Jets were struggling, that he really wasn't, what's he doing to lead this team and take them to the promised land, take them to the playoffs. This team has no, is not playing with heart. So you blame it on the captain. He's the easy person to point a finger at. And then now this year, it's like seeing wheels. It's kind of like you're just seeing him rejuvenated. So it's like, He's got a few years left. People want to see him to the end. You know what I mean? Even even if it's not in the best interest of the team, you know, people want to see Wheels oh, yeah, yeah. retire yeah, as a Jet. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They yeah, want to see yeah. him finish it. Finish. He's been with us for so long, uh, especially if he's still producing. You know, if if you're going into a tank, then yeah, let him finish out his career. But you're trying to win right now. That's that's my my argument on it. Now, 100%. okay, so this team more to the expect expectation level that you had them at the beginning of the year so give yourself a pat on the back i'd say they've even gone beyond my yeah. my expectations I, I was i thought they were going to be fighting i thought they may be in the middle of the pack but to see them at the top of the division is next level especially considering if you told me that nikolai Ehlers is out after two games yeah they've they've blown my expectations out of the water but uh yeah very happy yeah, they had yeah. the internal growth in them, you know. Yeah, yeah. That my 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 I think it was seventy eight point total. I think it was like yeah, a, literally a point more than San so Jose. I was yeah. Like, yeah, six in the like, division. Like, no, totally. Lord, they're going to be the worst team in the league. I'm like what? Like the worst well, team not the worst. I didn't no, have them. Just like I didn't have the brood. worst. But but I will say this. Okay, so to me, this is real. This is real. I think because Rick Bonus. And I think because they'll get Nick Ehlers back, I still think they're well. Howlbuck's got to got to cover up for some of the deficiencies that Kevin Shovel all day off um, created. Um, they've never replaced Dustin Bufflin since he retired. Statement of fact. Um, but Morrissey's been amazing. That's uh, an impossible guy to replace, yeah. though. That yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Great. But that doesn't mean you don't try and find at least somebody that's capable of being low level a top pair guy for Josh Morrissey, you know, I'm just saying, but at this point, I think they're going to be a top three team in the central division. The way this is shaking out. I think the teams that are in the three spots right now will be there at the end of the year. I don't know the order. I just know they're all going to be in the, in the top three. I think it's, I think it's a lockdown. Yeah. From what I've seen from Dallas and the games, the jets have played and a couple that are outside of it, they played, really well structured they're more dynamic than, than they've been in a couple of years and yeah they look to me like a they just play like a playoff team 
like 60 minute games all the time. The Avalanche have uh, put up the points they put up with a depleted lineup. They are the Stanley Cup champs. So you know they're going to be pushing to the very end. So Jets keep doing what they're doing. They got a shot. We're going to get healthy. It seems like forever. Uh, it seems like a long time away before Nikolai Ehlers is back in the fold. But Appleton's going to be a huge boost as well. And I think they have what it takes right now. They're playing a way that they can survive and keep their head above water and then make for the push at the very end. Who knows? Hope Maybe Chevy won't take all day off, like you said, won't take the whole year off and will make a push at the trade deadline. But for now, they got what it takes, I feel like. The, the moose, the moose crossing. All right, Warren, want to just wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the First Cast podcast. We'll come back and hit you guys up with another episode or two as the season goes along here. 